Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. I will look at some more of the chapter in a moment, but we want to read just a few verses. Time would not allow us to uh, read too much more. While you're looking that up, if you're getting cold in your car, some people have said they didn't want to disturb us by turning over the engine. Don't you be worried about that. It doesn't annoy us at all. If you need to turn your engine on to keep your battery uh, charged up and you need to uh, heat the car, feel free to do that and it doesn't annoy us whatsoever. Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. And let's begin reading at verse 11, please. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have fain filled, have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hard servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hard servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And as they came and drew nigh unto the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came out his father and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. And it was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive and was lost and is found. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his word. Keep your Bible open at that chapter. Let's pray. Father, would you take your word now and let it wing home to every heart and speak to us individually as you deem fit and see fit to do so. May thy spirit have free course and may the word of God 
and travel and be buried deep within every breast. And Lord, would you encourage where encouragement is needed and would you save where salvation may be needed. Lord, and would you draw us one way or another closer to Christ. And Father, we pray it all in his name and for his glory. Amen. Luke chapter 15 is known as the chapter of lost things. The chapter of lost things. For example, in Luke 15, we have, first of all, the lost sheep. The parable of the lost sheep. Secondly, we have the parable of the lost silver. And then our reading tonight, the parable of the lost son. The lost sheep, the lost silver, and the lost son. Just briefly, the first parable in Luke 15. The Lord Jesus speaks of the shepherd uh, with his flock and 99 are safe and one sheep goes missing and is lost. And in Luke 15, we read of these words in verse 5. And when he that is the shepherd hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Notice verse 7. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Here this sheep has now been found. And there's joy in verse 7. Joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Note those words, joy shall be in heaven. Then the second parable in verse 8. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Notice the lost silver, the lost peace. There was joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And then when we look at our reading and the prodigal son as he's known comes home to his father. In verse 22 it says, Now his elder son was in the field, and he came and drew nigh to the house. He heard music and dancing. Notice here is the father's house. Here there is joy in the father's house. So first of all, there's joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Secondly, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And thirdly, there's joy in the Father's house. There's music and dancing when the prodigal son comes home from his life of sin. I want to tell you, friend, whenever a man or a woman come to saving faith in Christ, whenever a man and woman get saved by grace through faith in Christ. Whenever a backslider comes back to the fold again, 
and places their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is joy in heaven. There's joy in the Father's house. And there's joy in the presence of the angels of God. Now we must look at that verse for one moment. Verse 10 says, Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Sounds amazing and fantastic to think that not only is there joy in heaven, not only is there joy in the Father's house, but here there's joy, notice the term, notice the language, in the presence, in the presence of the angels of God. We tend to shorten things and just say, oh, there's joy with the angels of God in heaven, and that's true. There is joy, but the joy is not from the angels. The joy is the Father rejoices, just like he rejoices when his prodigal son comes home. What I'm saying is that when it says in verse 10, likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. This gives the idea of the Father is rejoicing and the angels of God are entering into the joy of the Father. Can you imagine when one man or woman who maybe you've given up on, a man and woman who maybe I've given up on, thinking there's no hope for them, help has gone from them, and when they realize and come home to their father, maybe backslidden for a long time, away into the far country as it's known, they've gone on into the world and they've spent their inheritance on what the Bible terms riotous living, that when they come home, they come to the Father with the smell of the world on them. They come to the Father with the weaknesses that they left in. They come to the Father, and the Father has compassion, but the Father rejoices over that one son, that daughter, that returns in faith to him. Take note of this, that the Father is rejoicing in heaven. It's the heavenly Father's joy when a sinner repents and comes back, and that in turn causes joy in the presence of the angels of God because the sinner has repented. And also, that means all of heaven, all of heaven rejoices because the Father is rejoicing. And the picture of it in the parable is this, that when the prodigal son comes home, there is music and dancing in the father's house over the son or daughter that comes home. Can I ask you tonight, where are you with God? Could I ask you tonight, where are you with God? Are you saved? Are you serving? Or maybe you're backslidden in heart. Where are you with God? The picture of the first parable shows the shepherd. The shepherd is the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. 
I am the good shepherd, he says. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. So here he is, the good shepherd, going out to seek the lost sheep. The good shepherd shows a picture of the Son of God. And then when we have the next parable, we see the woman. And she loses the piece of silver and she sweeps out and she shines a light. There we have a picture of the Holy Spirit of God working through the apostles, working through the church, seeking out those. Notice it's a woman feminine. The church we see here is sweeping out. And brothers and sisters, the Spirit of God is using the church or uses the church to seek and to save those people that they may hear the Word of God. To seek and to save those people who will listen to the Word of God. And silver in Scripture speaks of redemption. Speaks of redemption. That you and I, of the redeemed church of God, should be seeking lost sheep of God in order through the Spirit and the Word that we may bring them back to the fold of God, rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. And then, of course, in Luke 15, in our reading, we have the Heavenly Father portrayed here as the father of the parodical son. Notice here quickly and briefly in our reading tonight, this son of his, this son goes into the far country after taking his inheritance. And you know whenever you take your inheritance as it were, in other words, you've been saved by grace, you may have been going on for quite some time with God, and you've decided to go into the world again. You've decided maybe you've been disillusioned and disappointed and you've become disgruntled. And you decide to go into the world again and there you end up like the world. Friend, let me tell you about a man who came to Christ around 20 or just over 20 years ago. And he lived in a block of flats where I lived. And this man was a known paramilitary. And he got saved. And he was going on so well. He was going on really good. You'd hear the music coming from his uh, flat next to me. He used to have big steel doors on his flat. And you heard the clunking at night. When Alice and I first got married, she came to live in the flats. He says, Ken, what's that clunking? And I told her it's the security doors for the paramilitary next door in case someone tries to kick this door in to shoot him. Allison says, did he ever get the right door? What about ours? I says, don't worry, love, we're washed in the blood. And I remember this man, I'll not mention his name, going on well with God. And I could hear the music of the hymns. He used to play them all day. And he was excited about going to the meetings. And something happened to him and one day he decided to go into the bar. And his excuse was this. His excuse was, I'm going in to witness. And there he sat down with a couple of old buddies of his. And I went and seen him. And the first time in months, 
This man got on with God. There he was with his heart in his boots. And I knew something was wrong. I asked him what was wrong. This man had a, a police record. He held it one time in a ream of paper. He was taller than me like this. And he let it go. And all the convictions right down. And it still didn't unravel at the floor. And I asked him what's wrong. And this is what he told me. I went in to the bar to sit with old friends. Thinking I'll sit there. And I'll even talk about Jesus to them. And as I sat there they wanted me to take a drink. And I said no I haven't drank from I've got saved. So I went back again another day. And they asked me did I want a drink. And I says no I haven't drank from I got saved. And they ended up says take sure as Shandy would do you. So I went back another day. And next thing I started drinking a pint. And I went back another day. And I had more than one. And they're sitting at the table. They asked me about the faith that I was proclaiming. And I told them how wonderful Jesus is. And this is what they said to the man. If this Christ whom you're serving. If this Christ that you said you know and saved you. If this Christ is so wonderful. Why are you sitting here with us? Partaking with us. Maybe that's for someone tonight. That man never recovers from that. That man is away into the world. Into the far country for years now. And in fact. He's tried to hang himself three times. Here we find the prodigal son goes into the far country and he spends his inheritance on riotous living. He lived it up and when the money was done he found out he had no friends. And even he felt jealous of the pigs. Now understand the language here. The Savior is telling us the pig, the abominable animal to the Israelite. The unclean animal he says he even wanted their husks to eat he got so low and he couldn't find any happiness nor peace there see friend if you're truly saved and you go into the world you'll never be happy there you'll never be at peace if you're truly saved and we find here in our reading That it says in verse 17. Notice he's at the pig pen. The pig pen of the world. The pig pen of sin. The pig pen of muck and gutter and mire. Notice first of all he came to himself. He came to himself. Verse 17 says. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hard servants of my fathers have bread enough, and the spare and I perish with hunger? You know what he was saying? I'm sorry I walked away from my father. 
I'm sorry I walked away from him because there I was fed, I was protected, I was loved and I was looked after. And even as Sarah and Caroline sang that second piece tonight, when he hung the moon, it says about the love of God for you, friend. And many have walked away from the love of God because their love has not been God, but their love has been the things of the world. He came to himself. In other words, he knew in his heart, one, he knew this, he knew he was wrong. He knew himself, he came to himself. And two, he knew where he was better off, better off with his father and then the fold. He came to himself and said, how many of my many hard servants of my fathers have bread enough and the spare and I perish with hunger. Verse 18. I will arise. And go to my father. Notice. I will arise. He picked himself up. He picked himself up. Here's something to note. That when the sheep was lost. The shepherd sought the sheep. I want to say it again. When the sheep was lost. The shepherd sought the sheep. When the silver was lost, the woman sought the silver. But here, the father does not seek the son. He comes to himself. He picks himself up. Why does he not seek? Because he knows. He knows in his own heart. He already knows. He knows what he must do. I will arise, he says, so he picks himself up and go to my father. Notice, he brought himself home. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. He is one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. He brought himself home. Friends, you know the way. If you're not right with God, if you're a backslider away from Him, you know the way. The Father will not chase you up, but He will. He will welcome you with open arms. If you're truly a child of God and you've walked away, then this is what you'll do. You'll come to yourself. You'll pick yourself up and you'll bring yourself home. And you'll come saying, I know the way to the cross. I was there before. And I know it's the blood of the Lamb. I'll bring myself home. And I know I can do nothing without Him. And I know that I've spent my living, the the inheritance with riotous living. You will bring yourself home. Verse 20 says, But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. Notice he saw him. He still had the smell of the pigs about him. He still had the stench of the world about him. He still had the filth of the pen about him. But coming home, the father looking for him, the father watching for him, the father saw him and had compassion on him. Your father loves you, friend. Your father loves you, brother. Your heavenly father loves you, sister. He had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I don't know what this man 
this prodigal son would be like. I don't know what he would smell like. I don't know what the stench would be like. Living in such a lifestyle, in such a place. And there's many sons and daughters find themselves with all of that still on them. And yet the father runs to meet them. And the father comes and he makes merry with them. He falls on his neck and he kisses him. That's love for you, friend. That's compassion. And note here, it says in verse 21, And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight I am no more worthy to be called thy son. First of all, I have sinned against heaven. Here we find he repented himself. I have sinned, Father. Father, I've let you down. Father, I've walked away. Father, I've went into the world. Father, I've backslidden in my heart and I've went in and I've spent my inheritance on riotous living. I've, I've lived it up and I've partied it up and I've sinned before you and I've sinned before heaven. Listen, the heaven that he sinned about is the heaven that's going to be rejoicing over him. He repented himself, I have sinned against heaven. And he humbled himself. He humbled himself. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. He humbled himself enough to say, I know I've done wrong. And I know I'm wrong away from you and without you, Lord. But Father, I'm your son. And the smell and the stink and the stench and the sin of the world might be upon me. But I know there's forgiveness with thee that I must be feared. And he finds compassion. He finds love. And he finds that he's received again. He humbled himself. In verse 22, notice, But the father said unto his, servant, to, said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe. Notice the best robe. Not just any robe. Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. Even his feet that speaks of where he's been. The roads he's trod. The path he's taken. The way he's went. The filth and the dirt of the roads. Probably full of animal dung as he was there at the pig pen. Dried in, probably baked hard in the sun, whatever it may be. And here the father says, put shoes on those feet of his. And bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Notice here, it was the father that dressed him. It was the father that dressed him. And all things were done for him. You see, friend, there's nothing else still to do but still to trust in the blood of Christ. There's nothing else for you to do but still come and plead the merit, the efficacy, the atoning, cleansing power of the blood of Christ. That's all you can do. But by that you'll be clothed again with a robe of righteousness 
You'll see the sacrifice has been paid. There's a ring on your finger. It speaks of covenant. And shoes on your feet to point you in the new path. You're back on the right way. Notice here as I close this this evening. Verse 24. For this my son was dead. And is alive again. He was lost. And is found. And they began to be merry. They began to be merry. The older brother comes. And he's not too happy. Well now if that boy was to come back to our church. After the things he has done. He must be put into the corner and paid penance. That's not what the father says. And that's not what the father has done. He's accepted him fully into the fold again. And brought him into the house again. And the father has forgiven him. And rejoices for him again. Is there someone tonight? Maybe you're not saved at all. Someone tonight, you've come to this drive-in and you're backslidden in heart and you're away from God. When you come home tonight, when you come home tonight, Father calls you. He's looking for you. He's waiting. Will you come home tonight? May God bless his word to each and every one of us this evening. For Jesus' name's sake. Again, I'll stand at the corner if anyone wants to speak to us. Just pull your car up and say, I need to talk to you about my soul. And we'll talk to you about your soul. We have somewhere to go that we can talk. We'd love to talk to you this evening. If you're concerned about your eternal welfare. Or maybe you're backslidden. You'd like to say. You know I need to come back to God. May God bless you tonight. Don't forget next week. Sunday morning 11. Sunday night at 6. God willing we'll be here.